What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and this definitely has not been the most ideal start to a season, but, uh, you know, the Sixers got their first win last night, so just wanted to break down some of the most recent games and uh, think things are starting to look up for the Sixers. Um, you know, definitely losing your first three games of the season, not the start that you want, uh, especially, you know, against two really good opponents that you're going to have to play again this year. Uh, we'll most likely be seeing at some point uh, in a deep playoff run. But, you know, the season's still young, so um, let's just jump right into it. First game of the season against the Boston Celtics, the former Eastern Conference champions. And this was a very rough game to watch. Um, it was in Boston, but, um, you know... Just seeing how hot the Celtics were to start the season is scary in itself with 35 points from Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, a great game from Malcolm Brogdon, their new addition off the bench. And they simply outclassed the Sixers in this one. They looked like the much better team. Uh, their stars played better. They played better as a team. And they're even missing one of their key pieces in Robert Williams. Um, the Sixers, on the other hand, they just looked sloppy. Um, their stars, you know, Joel Embiid, Decent game, 26 points, 15 boards, 5 assists, but he didn't look as dominant, you know, um, as he did last year. Again, last year he did start the season off slow, so I don't think this is too much to worry about. It's, you know, don't want to jump to any conclusions, but the one thing I did see from this game that was really promising was James Harden, 35 points, 8 boards, 7 assists. Just looked absolutely phenomenal, setting up his teammates, setting up himself, and I'm really excited for James Harden this season. And as we keep going through these games, you can see James Harden just looks dominant, like his old self. You know, I think this having this offseason with the Sixers, having this team that he really wants to be on, you know, the last couple of years, he's he struggled with that, uh, you know, with, with Houston and with, uh, with the Nets. So now he has a team where he really wants to to play he's confident uh he wants this to be the team he brings a championship to and as a Sixers fan I cannot be more excited uh for the season for James Harden um but yeah just kind of want to you know speed past that Celtics game a little bit um there's not too much to say about it honestly you know they were just the better team and in the first game of the season away it's a hard it's a hard one uh but anyway second game of the season Sixers playing the Bucks in their home opener and I actually attended this game uh this was just a classic example of the Sixers beating themselves um, for sure. They lost by two points. They were getting, you know, pretty much blown out in the entire game. And then in the fourth quarter, James Harden was able to make it a close game. But this was just the Sixers not playing as a team. Very selfish basketball. Um, again, just really sloppy, you know, a lot, a lot of missed shots, um, a lot of turnovers, uh, and just, just not the best game overall for sure and Joel Embiid looked really rough in this one shooting just six for 21 15 points um James Harden as I mentioned uh, another crazy good game 31 8 and 9 so definitely nice to see James Harden doing his thing uh you know just absolutely crazy game from him he really was just looking like a mix of you know Houston Harden with a, a kind of a new asset to his game which I kind of really like uh, he's running a lot of pick and roll or, you know, hesitation plays where he kind of gets himself to the mid-range uh, around the free throw line, takes a step back. And instead of, you know, just going for those long step back threes that he's so accustomed to, he's been getting a lot of really good shots from closer range. And it's really nice to see how James Harden's able to adapt his game. You know, obviously uh, he's not 
quite the player he was in Houston because he was averaging 36 points a game there. But yeah, just seeing this kind of new adaptation to his game to, you know, adjust to his, his aging and his new role, his new team. Uh, I think it's really promising for the rest of the season, seeing, you know, James Harden play like this so early in the year, especially when other guys are yet to step up, you know, I'm sure we'll see Joel Embiid get back to that uh, crazy MVP level. And in fact, in the next game, he had 40 points. So we're already seeing it. I'm sure we'll see Tyrese Maxey start to look like the player that we know he is, even though he's had a little bit of a rough start to the year. Um, And, you know, some guys will start to pick up the slack. We even saw, um, I'll get to this game, the Pacers game in a moment, the first win of the season. But we saw the bench step up. But yeah, pretty much in this Bucks game, uh, the one thing I will say is that Doc Rivers, you know, started out this game as a really rough game, but he really coached well in the fourth quarter, especially the last possession. The shot was a little rough. They went for the the foul instead of the, the, you know, potential better shot. But the fact that they were able to play like such good defense and adjust their game plan to get themselves back in this game is uh, another really promising aspect. Uh, the Sixers, you know, we can see a lot of times when they get down in a game, that's kind of it. So seeing this comeback effort, even though they couldn't completely close it off, was really nice to see. Um, one thing that was really frustrating, though, that I got to mention is Joel Embiid's lack of defense and lack of hustle in this one. You know, we have Joel as an all-defensive type player if he's really putting in the effort, if it's a big game. But starting out the year, we've seen a lack of effort from Joel that we're really not accustomed to seeing for, for a long time. And Brooke Lopez scored 17 points in this game. And he only shot four for 12 from three, but they were all pretty much wide open looks. And Bede was really struggling to get out there. Uh, he would miss a shot and just lay on the floor or walk down the court while Lopez would have a wide open shot. So that was a really frustrating part of this game. Um, but the perimeter defense, on the other hand, from the guard play specifically was really impressive. Drew Holiday shot just two for 15. And I would like to attribute a lot of that to uh, the hustle from James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. You know, even if Maxey's not playing the best offensively yet, um, definitely still showing that hustle. And Harden's defense is ridiculously improved. I mean, again, it might just be the effort that he's finally putting in because he wants to be here. But it's really awesome to see James Harden in all aspects of the game uh, playing much better. In this one, he did shoot one for seven from three. But again, 13 from 24 from the field and 31 points makes up for it. Those shots will fall. So that's definitely not anything to be too concerned about. So overall, you know, starting the season 0-2 to two contenders, uh, you can look at it two ways. It, it, of course, it's uh, disappointing. You know, you want to beat these good teams while you can, especially in the early part of the year. But again, it's nothing to overreact to. It's nothing that, you know, the season, you know, you're just starting the season. You got some new guys. You got P.J. Tucker. You got pretty much an entire new bench lineup, which uh, I wanted to cover as, uh, you know, six man has been a mix of Melton, House, Niang. So, you know, of course, you still have Niang back. But aside from Niang off the bench, uh, you'll find a lot of new guys with Danwell House, um, Montres Harrell. Anthony Melton, so some key contributors as new guys off the bench. Uh, it's going to take a little bit for them to find their role, but um, as we'll get to, they've definitely been finding that role. So after these two games, I just you know want to breeze through the Spurs game because it was brutal. You know the Spurs are not a good team. They are in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. They are not a team you are worried about. But they came in and they had the hot hand, and yeah, I mean this is you can't overlook anyone. Uh, just a great game from a lot of their young guys, and the Sixers were not ready to play in this one. Joel Embiid did drop 40 points, which was really nice to see, uh, you know, after those first two games. 
So, you know, it really looks like we have all our pieces in place, but we just need everyone to start working together because in the game where Joel drops 40, this is the game where James Harden drops 12 and shoots 4 for 18. Now, he did have 9 rebounds and 12 assists, so he still made somewhat of a positive impact, but 4 for 18 shooting and 12 points for James Harden is definitely a rough game. Tyrese Maxey also stepped it up in this one with 25 points and 6 assists. Shot decently, 8 for 18 from the field. So it's nice to see, you know, um, in this one, Maxey and Embiid get their footing back, even though it was a really brutal loss to a not a very good team. And the big story in these losses has been the bench output because, you know, 10 bench points in this game, eight of them coming from George Niang, uh, that's not what you want in any single game. And you're going to have a hard time winning in the NBA when your bench is putting up 10 points total in the game before uh, they put up 13 points with Melton putting up nine of them. And in the game before that, um, you know, their bench put up, I think it was like 10 points, no one really having a crazy impact. So, you know, when your bench scores that significantly low of points for the minutes that they play, uh, and you're, you're getting that lack of production the second your starters step off the court, uh, that's definitely going to be a problem and you're going to have a hard time winning. So um, that's just, the you know, the the story, honestly, from those first few games is that the Sixers worked really hard to improve their bench. And the first three games of the season, it was just non-existent. But luckily, in the fourth game of the season against the Pacers, the Sixers picked up their first win, and the bench finally showed up. Uh, D'Anthony Melton had 11, Niang had 13, Harrell had 5, and House had 6. And that's all we really need. You know, that's just like a solid output from the bench. You don't need them to, you know, have a 20-point scorer off your bench, but... Just consistent play. You got guys that can knock down your shots, uh, you know, feed into the win. And this was just a really nice all-around team effort from the guys, especially Harden and Embiid played great together. Harden with 29, 9, and 11, 10 for 18 shooting. So a very nice game from him. Joel Embiid with 26 points, as well as three blocks. Tobias Harris also played really well in this one with 18 points, eight boards. Did shoot four for 10 from three and knock down uh, the open ones when it mattered most. Um Tyrese Maxey struggled in this one with only eight points, but, you know, not everyone's going to have the craziest game all the time. And this was a really nice win, a really good way for the Sixers to get back on the board. Of course, Indiana, you know, not a contending team, not a playoff team by any means, but you got to get your confidence from somewhere. You got to win these games. And I think, you know, this first win kind of gets, uh, gets all that out of the way. You know, that, that first win pressure is gone and now you can just go play basketball. And, you know, I mentioned the bench. They did play well in the Pacers game, but there are a lot of very interesting storylines from the Sixers bench that I would like to talk about. And the number one storyline is Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel is a very young, elite defender, an all-defensive level talent who is not getting off the bench while Danwell House is playing six-man for us. And, you know, I don't really understand it. You know, Danwell House, sure, I'm, I'm happy with Danwell getting some minutes. Don't get me wrong. But just cutting Matisse out of the rotation seems absolutely wild to me. Of course, I understand he's not a great offensive player. In fact, he's not even a good or decent offensive player. But the value that he can provide on defense, especially now when you get your bench, you know, with guys that are supposed to be able to score, like, you know, you got Melton, you got Niang, you got Montres Harrell. So it seems like, you know, with a combination of starters and bench guys, you should definitely be able to account for Matisse's lack of offense and get him into some of these lineups, especially against some really elite level talent. You know, in the Celtics game, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both scored 35 points each. You have Matisse Thibel, who is one of the best matchups in the league, honestly, for these guys, and he doesn't see the court, which is just very strange to me. You know, I understand everything, of course. I know, you know, Matisse has had countless opportunities. He's very disappointing last season, but 
cutting him out of the rotation for a fringe roster player like Damwell House just doesn't seem right to me at all. And the other thing, you know, from this bench, aside from the obvious uh, standout, which is Matisse, is, is the backup center going back and forth between Harrell and Paul Reed. And that is something I've actually really liked. I like giving both of them the opportunity to show what they can do. You know, of course, Montrez Harrell is the better basketball player. But Paul Reed, you know, coming up in this organization, he has worked so hard, especially in last year's, you know, end of the season and playoff run. He is a very, very hardworking player. And when you put him on the court, a lot of times good things have been happening. So it's really good to see Doc kind of putting in both of these guys and giving them each a chance. I do think Harold's going to end up getting most of the minutes, but I'm really happy that he finally learned from his mistake. Um, but one thing that's really funny to note is that, you know, he had DeAndre Jordan last year and he would not play Paul Reed over DeAndre Jordan. But now when he gets an actual backup center who's competent, now he tries to play Paul Reed. So he is making up for some of his mistakes, I guess, but just a very strange uh, bench rotation. And, the you know, I was not expecting to see George Niang and Denwell House get this many minutes. But um, regardless of that, I think the Sixers' best move of the offseason was for sure DeAnthony Melton. And, you know, he's been showing it. He did have um, a really rough game against the Spurs, but... Uh, against the Pacers and the Bucks, you know, just hitting his shots, you know, handling the ball. He's kind of what the Sixers have always wanted Shake Milton to be and never really lived up to it. So I think as the season moves on, we're going to see more of uh, DeAnthony Melton, a.k.a. Mr. Do-Something. And I understand why he has that nickname now, because that man is always moving, always hustling, always on defense, playing hard. And I'm a big fan of DeAnthony Melton. And you're going to hear me sing his praises as long as he keeps playing like this. And the other guy I haven't even covered yet is P.J. Tucker. And what I did not realize is that P.J. Tucker literally has no offense. And, you know, I kind of understood this, but I didn't realize the extent of it. This man sits in the corner or the wing for an entire possession and does absolutely nothing. And, you know, it's honestly not even that bad. Because when you have James Harden, you have Joel Embiid, you have Tyrese Maxey, you have Tobias Harris, your fifth starter is not going to be scoring a lot of points. So having a P.J. Tucker who's just going to go out there and be an absolute dog, play defense, get boards, you know, make the hustle plays, it's exactly what you want. And I think Daryl Moore deserves a lot of credit for, you know, I know he spent a lot of money on him. I know he's an old player, but I do think that P.J. Tucker was honestly the perfect fit in, as the last member of the starting lineup. So, you know, I think the roster construction overall, this team has so much potential. I mean, just looking at some of their, you know, even just plays in particular and, and that Pacers game, though, if this team can play together as a unit, it'll be really, really fun to see what they can do this season. So coming up, the Sixers have uh, two games in a row against the Raptors and then the Bulls and the Wizards. So some decent Eastern Conference opponents coming up. But it would be really nice to see the Sixers kind of get on some sort of a run, see Joel Embiid get back to MVP form, see James Harden keep doing what he's doing, and, you know, get the city behind them. Right now, you know, Philadelphia sports, the Sixers need to capitalize on this energy. Phillies are in the World Series, for God's sakes. The Eagles are undefeated. The Sixers need to harness this energy that's coming from the city and just, you know, get them behind them and make them, you know, another team that's getting this great success. Because when I went to the season opener, I'm going to tell you, the energy in Wells Fargo Center was definitely lacking and it was noticeable. You know, that's really sad to hear because every year that I've wanted this opener, 
you know, there's everyone is just so excited. You know, there's great vibes. But this year, it was just a little bit different. I don't really know what the deal was because, you know, we still have a great team, a contending team. But I think the Sixers need to start, you know, playing into the crowd a little more, get, you know, their team excited. They need to find their identity. I think that's the bottom line. And I think this team is yet to find their identity. And at the end of the day, you have an MVP candidate. So your identity is going to be Joel Embiid. Your identity is going to be James Harden. And, you know, I think as soon as the team can start to play as a whole unit, play their great defense and, you know, just just be led by their their two MVP. They have two players who are MVP talents. And that is so rare to find from a straight talent perspective. It's one of the best duos I've ever witnessed. You know, just the the simpleness. Either of these guys can drop 30 on any given night with no problem. James Harden can have a 30-point triple-double in the blink of an eye. Joel Embiid could drop 40. You know, these are two ridiculously talented players. And as soon as Doc finds a way to, you know, really use that to his advantage, to use, you know, this double two-headed monster... I think that this team could be primed for some great success. So, you know, I don't want to make too many overreactions. It's just four games into the season, but I am really excited for this team still. And a one and three start is not going to change that. So, yeah, thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, make sure you tune in because I'm guaranteed that this next episode will be some better news. So, thank you guys as always and keep trusting that process.